Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special Lost Interview edition of Black Hole Cinema, hosted by me, Tony Black. Last summer, when the podcast came to a brief halt for about six months, I realised there were several interviews I did with friends and colleagues online that hadn't actually been released. So instead of them sitting on my hard drive, I thought, why not release them in between the new podcasts we're doing for however long they go on for, and give those really interesting interviews about certain films light of day. So over the next few weeks, we're going to have several different interviews from several different people about several different, more than likely quite classic films. So without further ado, welcome to The Lost Interviews. Okay, welcome back, guys. It's time once again for the section of the show in which I get a mate on and they tell me about their favourite movie. Today, I'm uh, searching all the way down under for uh, a guy who I've known for quite a while on the interweb nets through um, Monster Zero Productions, where uh, he's a long time writer, reader, and avid movie watcher. It is um, the reviewing ninja himself, Dino Leone. <laughs> Good evening. Well, welcome to the show, Dino. Lovely to have you. Yeah, it's nice to come on. So, what is the favourite film you have chosen today? Well, when you ask me what one of my favourite films was, I'm thinking, oh God, I've got several favourite films. Mm. It's, not, it's kind of hard to actually pick one. So then I had to have a bit of a think. I go, well... I thought of the movie Inception because it was just one of those movies that actually really hit me when I first watched it. There's one thing you should know about me. I specialize in a very specific type of security. Subconscious security. You're talking about dreams. Mr. Cobb has a job offer he would like to discuss with you. What kind of work placement? Not exactly. We create the world of the dream. We bring the subject into that dream. And they fill it with their secrets. Then you break in and steal it. Well, it's not strictly speaking legal. It's a great choice. That's a, uh, when, you, when you said Inception, I was like, yes, because it, it's high up on my list now, actually. So what is, yeah. it, what, is it about, what is it about Inception, then, that rises it to the top of the pile? Because, you, you know, you've seen a lot of films. In fact, you've probably seen more than me uh, and quite a lot of the people I know, because you really, you're always watching films and you always have been. So what, what really made this rise to the cream of the crop? Oh, it's, it's got a great storyline, mm-hmm. a great cast. It's it's just um, the direction, the soundtrack, even the way they they um, implemented it all. It's just you just have to have to wonder like these are the kind of films that that sort of grab you. That if if, if 
it's it's actually a two and a half hour movie, but it doesn't feel like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, I remember when I was in the cinema, we we watched it, and then, um, I just turned around to my friend, so it just didn't even feel like it feel like it was two and a half hours. Nah, and that's 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 the that's a great sign that it's a good movie that you don't know how long it's, it it could go for ages, and you just don't even know because you're that invested in watching. Yeah, the, the the characters and the storyline they actually have a they actually connect with you, mm. and I think that's that's the secret to Christopher Nolan really. In that yeah. you find that with a lot of his films, uh, it's been certainly the more he does that you seem to become really involved, even though he's telling pictures on a on a long canvas, you know, and quite often his movies go well over two hours. But and I, I fully expect in Stella, Interstellar, the next one he's doing to be the same. But it's yeah. it's the whole thing of of him managing to marry that kind of long epic kind of tale with a real sort of emotional attachment to the characters and and a, and a sense of pace. They never feel like they're slowing down. Nolan films no. they always feel like they're going somewhere, don't they? Yeah. And with and with Inception. It's got so many ideas to it, hasn't it? I, I always said it was one of those... I don't know about you, but it's one of those ideas that I wish I'd had. Inception. <laughs> oh, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. What do you think about the whole concept, really, that he came up with, with the idea of dreams? I've actually did a bit... I wasn't so much of a study, but I mean, you can actually... They're actually... Um, when, when you're dreaming, it's almost like you're in, in a dream state. It's, it's just like the world as you as you live in it now but it's got a different set of um rules to it mm. so i mean you if, if you know you're dreaming you can take control of that of that dream obviously that's what lucid dreaming is called and you can actually say well i want to fly and you'll fly in the dream mm. but in reality you couldn't do that like, oh you want to fly no you're firmly rooted on the ground because you're following these laws in in, in reality but in, in in the dream state it's those laws don't apply. Mm. They only apply because you think you're not you're not you're not dreaming. So the the laws of reality still apply in the dream state unless until you you figure it out. That's why they they the different layers of the dreams tend to be more different, more um, chaotic, I guess. Because I mean, the, 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 the scene, for instance, where they actually um they're falling in the, the next level, they're floating around. Mm. That's the indication. And it's that's why it was compared to an extent to the Matrix, wasn't it? When it when it came out, in that it it takes liberties with the laws of physics because it can do because it's in a a different kind of of world. But do you think do you think that it was like as innovative as the Matrix in terms of what it did? Maybe Mm. do you think do you think it kind of touched that same kind of chord with people? I reckon so. I mean, I, I tend to compare Inception and The Matrix together. But yeah, no, I see, I see the very similarities. Both movies, to an extent, can be considered metaphysical. Because mm, they do they do go into a lot of those same kind of areas, don't they? And they're talking about, you know, what it means to be human and consciousness and all kinds of all kinds of ideas like that. It's just, yeah. I think what what it what it really struck me with Inception and one of the big reasons that I I've watched it many times and it's high up on my list is the fact that it it's so complex but at the same time it almost feels like you can you can understand every step of the way 
even if he leaves things, you know, certain things to the imagination, it almost feels like even though it's a really like in-depth story that has layer upon layer upon layer, it, it still makes sense. You know, it, it, do you know what I mean? It, it never really yeah, becomes, exactly. it never becomes lost in itself. And that, that's the, that's the amazing achievement I think with it really. It's got that level of, a, of, you know, screenwriting. I think that's just, it's just so clever. Yeah. What about the cast? I mean, did you, um, any of the performances really stand out for you? Leonardo, like Leonardo DiCaprio, I remember seeing when he was really young in a, in a, in a US sitcom, and you just, he's, he's come so far mm. as an actor, and he's, he's just one of those character actors that, you know, when he immerses himself into a character, he actually is that character. Mm. And then he got all the other ones as well, like Tom Hardy and even Alan Page had had, had, a, had, a, had a, a decent character to begin with. Mm. And then she, did, she, she developed as the thing went on. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yep, they're all, they all had great characters. That's the, what was the standout thing in the, in the movie, that they, um, their characters were believable. Yeah. Even even in this really sort of unbelievable scenario as well, aren't they? You know, in the in this in this hyper real scenario that they're in, yeah, they still manage to yeah feel like real people, even though they're not. They are crooks essentially, aren't they? I mean, like you oh, know, they, uh, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio is playing a a, a a crook, and that and that that's the ironic thing. In that, but because he's he's trying to rip off someone worse. It, you can follow them, and and it, arguably, I mean, arguably, most people's favourite character is Tom Hardy in this, isn't it? Really, because he's so he's so funny and uh, yes, darling, and all that stuff. He he, <laughs> he makes a real impression, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he he he, he plays that sort of role really well. He does. He just, even if he played the worst kind of villain in a movie, which I've yet to see, but I'm sure that's going to be on the cards mm. sooner or later. But I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not counting Bane. I'm still here to wait, wait to see him play that sort of role. Mm. You know, you, you just sort of think, oh, God, I hate him. Yeah. Oh, I, I, and I'm just riveted by what he has, what he has to do. Because he, he, he's almost to an extent in the same sort of level as um, Mark Strong, the way mm. he plays villains. You mm. can't stand how he plays a role, but he's like, oh, he plays it so well. Yeah, he does. And he, he I think with, with the character of Ames in this, he brings that... that I mean, people have said... Based on this, a few people have said, "Well, he, he's quite, it feels almost like an, a, an audition for James Bond to an extent, partly." Yes. And it, it's it's true. I mean, you know, he, it, I don't I don't think Tom Hardy would take that role if he was offered Bond, to be honest. Now, but I think yeah. that it's he's got an, he's got a knack for being able to fit into different kinds of of characters. But there's always he's he's always got some level of like that kind of exuberance to them. And and I think it's the balance of characters in this that makes it work really well. And just the, with this top, top-notch top cast. But that's that's the point, as, as I said earlier, about Inception, in that because because it's got the characters that you, you like or you find funny or you you empathise with. I mean, the, the big one as well is Marion Cotillard as, as his wife. Because she, she she plays probably the most difficult role, doesn't she, really, of the whole thing? Yeah. Because she's got to function on several levels, hasn't she? So you've still got those characters, but you really are... in invested in them as well as all the other effects and ideas going on around them. Yeah, that's right. What, what was it? What was the, I mean, talking about effects, what was the standout sequences for you or the standout moments in terms of the visual side in the film? Well, I would just say that um, 
the hotel corridor fight scene where yeah. um, they just Arthur he's fighting the the subconscious um subconscious guys and just, he's just running around the the walls mm. so, you know the fortress scene in the, in the in the next level but yeah I, I like I actually liked um Limbo when um you saw all those buildings that just went stretched out to infinity and they just mm. they were just crumbling because no one was there to maintain them mm. when they they came back the second time. Yeah. But yeah. Some of the effects on it just, you just, you kind of wonder how they would have um, tackled this kind of movie if it was released in the early 90s, late 80s, whether they'd be actually able to pull it off. Well, I don't think he would he would have done it. I think if he'd have, I mean, obviously back then he wasn't old enough, but if he'd have had, well, maybe he did, maybe he did have this idea then. But I think if he'd have been a filmmaker then, I think he, he would have he would have waited for the technology to catch up because I don't think he could have really done this justice without computer effects. And it's, even though he's, you know, Nolan is famously not one for CGI, he's not one for 3D, he's not one for shooting digitally, he, he much prefers the old style of, of filmmaking as much it's as he can. very old school. Yeah, and he uh, he said about this film that he, he used practical effects whenever he could, but obviously there are a lot of sequences here where he had to use elements of computer-generated stuff to bring it alive. And, I, I, I yeah, I don't think he would have done it. I mean, the big one that strikes me always is the, the city folding in on itself. Yeah, uh, I mean that when I I remember being in the cinema watching that and he, I, my jaw just hit the floor. I couldn't believe that. I was like, that is just because it just I'd never seen anything like that before. I, I really yeah. I don't know about you. I really had never seen anything like that before, and it was just it, it's just full of those little moments. I think that a bit like the Matrix with the bullet time and things like that. To use that comparison yeah. again, that you that were new and fresh, and and I always loved the fact that the the ski scene was completely a takeoff from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And he said um, quite often, because that's one of his favourite films, Nolan, he said that that, okay. yeah, he said that that entire ski sequence at the end is very much based on the, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which I loved <laughs> as well, <laughs> being a big Bond movie. Oh, I remember seeing that years ago after I re-watched re those yeah. the Bond movies. Yeah, because uh, because that's why hopefully one day Chris Nolan will do a Bond film because he he's got all that kind of sixties literate thing in his head with with how they're filmed and he brings that into into his films sometimes. What about the music? Did anything did, did that strike you as well? Because that always strikes me the music. Um, I love Hans Zimmer. Mm, in mm. soundtrack he does. I mean he he does have a, a signature sound which is the the really loud percussiony yeah. type um music and like you, you can almost watch a preview or movie and you'll you'll hear that music and like uh, and then you'll think oh and you do like a quick check on your on, on the neck like yep Hans Zimmer did the same yeah <laughs> but it, it, it's a little bit of, a little bit of misleading um, now because there are a lot of other um, uh, composers there who are, are following his lead and they're almost um, emulating him so you, you can get a little bit uh, mm. tricked but yeah no he, his soundtrack to the movie was fantastic and I, I remember reading a little article somewhere where they actually um, the the main riff to that um, Edith Piaf song yeah he he's used it throughout the whole movie, and um, that, that 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 typical Inception horn section that everyone seems to know know and love mm. is actually 
part of that song slowed right down. Mm. That's what the, that, that's what someone was trying to. Oh, really? I, I don't know whether how, how much truth it was in the but but I remember um, reading um, a soundtrack, the soundtrack liner notes. He was like, um, he was on the phone with um, Chris Knoll, and he was just, he was trying to to work out the the main theme. He was like, um, I'm having trouble. Uh, I I'll play what I've got, and I, I I don't know. It's still rough. I don't know whether it would be any good for it. And he ended up playing the 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 music for Chris Nolan, and and Chris Nolan just said, "No, that's that's perfect." Yeah, and because he that they're very in tune, aren't they? <laughs> Excuse the pun, but they're very in tune. Him and Zimmer, I think, right now yeah. about the kind of sounds that they bring, he brings to his films. But yeah, there's a haunting quality to the to the Edith Piaf riff to this you know uh, mm. and it's uh, yeah and it, it really does add that level of, of creepiness I, I, I love the soundtrack to this I, I love the score it's it's this electronic thumping you know blast of, of power it's it's just brilliant even though it did spawn the um, the well known I don't know if you saw the YouTube video of the BOOM trailer yeah. <laughs> which if you haven't seen you need guys you need to go and listen to that because it's just typing BOOM um, into, into YouTube and it just brings up someone doing the the trailer voice <laughs> but with BOOM do 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 BOOM yeah. I don't know is... where I actually saw it I don't know if it's so there funny. anymore I think someone did a, a website much in the vein like um, Kirk's Khan rant yes you know? yeah and then just like you just go 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 down a level and it'll look and you hear it bro <laughs> <laughs> Okay, finally then, if there was one thing about Inception that you would recommend to somebody who's never seen it and you're saying, you know, Inception's my favourite film, go and watch it. What is it about Inception that you would say is the biggest thing to make them go and watch it? What's that one thing? Well, it, 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 it's it'd be one of the lines he actually says in the movie. Have you ever had a dream that, that seems so real that you, you wanted to go further into that dream and, and, and see... Where where it actually leads, and if you if you can actually control it, you've got to go in with that knowing as little possible. Yeah, if you've never seen it or don't know anything about it, you've just got to watch it. Mm. Yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. And that's, it's going to be for some people. It's not going to be, and some people are going to hate. I've heard I've heard people, plenty of people say that they didn't like it because they didn't purely because they didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, too. sometimes you just got to watch a movie and not switch off to a degree, but you just got to just go and watch it and yeah. see for yourself. Good advice. Perfect advice, really. And I can echo that, those sentiments completely. It, you've made me want to go and watch it again because it's been a while. <laughs> if you haven't seen Inception, guys, definitely check it out. Most of you probably have anyway, but I, we hugely recommend it. So thanks very much, Dino. That was fantastic. Thank you. to see out of control. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. 